Hello, and welcome to the Taking Control of Your Diabetes podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Edelman, living with type 1 diabetes for a long time. And unfortunately, my co-host, good friend and colleague, Jeremy Pettis, is not here today. And that's too bad because he loves food. Now, before I even let Chef get a word in edgewise, um, I met Chef many, many years ago, putting on face-to-face conferences around the country, taking control of your diabetes. And we discovered Chef that he is not only someone living with type 2, but a great spokesperson for folks with type 2, but also a professional chef from the CIA. No, that's not, uh, you didn't do anything wrong. It's Culinary Institute of America, which is obviously the elite place to get trained. So chef, um, I have a bunch of questions, but tell us about yourself first and how you got into this whole field. Well, thank you, Steve, for having me. I love uh, hanging out with you and being a part of anything TCOID. So I grew up in Los Angeles, California. That's that's my home, born and raised. And after high school, attended the Culinary Institute of America, graduated there in 1976, May 4th at four in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> and, and that kind of became my journey to become a chef. I wanted to be a chef. And uh, in in 1998, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. So at that point, I thought, well, this is not going to work out really good. Being a chef, loving to eat, and what little I knew about nutrition and diabetes, everything was leaning towards can't eat this, don't touch this, don't smell this, get away from that, change completely the way that you're eating. So that was kind of my forte into uh you know, living with diabetes. And, um, you know, from there, I just learned what I could, networked with great people, met some dietitians, and just kind of perfected the way I cook to have chef-inspired flavored foods that are healthy and diabetic-friendly, whether you're diabetic or not. Well, let's let's talk about that. But I, I wanted to ask you if you can answer this really fast. Do you remember how we hooked up originally the first time? I do. I do. Like it was yesterday. Really quick. Um, I had reached out to TCOID just to kind of say, hey, would there be any opportunity? And Michelle Day called me back. And I, you know, I'm going to make this fast because I knew exactly where I was the day that she called because I was so excited. And she said, hey, we're doing a conference in San Diego or rather in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. And would you like to be a speaker? And I think Abbott will sponsor you and whatever else. So I said, sure, I'm in. And, you know, I could tell Michelle, we were trying to learn each other and kind of get a feel for what we did. And she had a lot of faith in me, not ever seeing me speak. And I showed up at the conference center with all my equipment. And in my brain, Steve, I thought I was going to go into a room that maybe sat 30 people, 40 people. So I got found Michelle. She said, let me just walk you into the room. There's no one in there right now. And you can see where you'll be setting up. She walked me into the main conference center that sat probably a thousand people. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is going to be amazing. (laughs) You never seem nervous, but uh, I want to tell the listeners that Chef has spoken at probably 20, 30 of our conferences around the country. And the reason why we kept asking you back, because you resonate with people and why don't we start off by talking about your style of cooking? Because uh, everything you do is is really applicable to people living with any type of diabetes or the, or even those without diabetes. Sure. So I like to think of it as, Steve, turning ordinary ingredients into something extraordinary. 
right? Taking the ingredients that you find at your local supermarket, simple and easy, and creating chef-inspired foods that are super, super delicious. I like to monitor my portion sizes, you know, along with measuring the nutritionals. I like to reduce the sugar, the fat, the salt, but add more flavor through cooking with foods with herbs and right oils and things that taste really good that are considered diabetic friendly. Um, and I like to think of it as a healthy lifestyle way of eating, not a diet. I hate the word diet. I know you hate the word diet. For <laughs> me, it's just a lifestyle way of eating, whether you have diabetes or whether you're non-diabetic or just wanting to be healthy. Well, I don't hate the word diet. I hate the first three letters in that word. <laughs> um, chef, I always remember you used to tell people, raise your right hand. I will not make a casserole ever again. And you know, is that just because it it's so easy to break the portion control yes. uh, concept? Yes, that's exactly right. Because, you know, you put the casserole down in front of you, you watch the Wheel of Fortune at 6 o'clock, and by the time <laughs> you're halfway through to the bonus round, you've eaten most of the casserole. Well, listen, So it's uh, hard to control your portions that way. Is that what Ryan Sequest just got uh, named to, the, to, to lead? Yes, well, exactly well, right. Well, let's talk about um, more about portion control, because I think – I like to think that people should, could eat anything they like as long as you uh, control the size or the amount of food that you eat. What are some of your tricks or suggestions? Well, I like to use things. I mean, I'm kind of a visual learner. So the palm of my hand really works great as representing about four ounces of something like a chicken breast or a golf ball being the size of a peanut or nut portion. Um, I a computer mouse might be the size of a potato. So again, I think it's like, I like to think of if you put both your hands together, that would be your vegetable portion. Your palm would be your protein. The other palm might be your starch. You got a pretty big hand, by the way. I, I do. I do. I, I'm lucky. Chef, I, I love the fact that you're not like skinny mini. You look, you look healthy, but you're not super skinny. And I would never trust a chef that is super skinny, to be <laughs> no honest with you. You know, and that's why we feel bad for dietitians who are not, they, they can't win. If they're too heavy, they say, you know, why don't you follow your own advice? And if you're too skinny, they say, well, how do you expect me to, to follow advice? You look at yourself. So it's, we've always talked about that at the conferences. Well, you mentioned uh, avoiding salt uh, and, uh, and what, what kind of seasonings do you recommend that wouldn't wreck someone's blood pressure. And of course, some people like, some people like spicy food, others don't. So, and talk about oils too. I, I always okay. remember you talking about the different oils. You know, Steve, one size does not fit all. So I like to just cook with less salt. So I love seasonings like Mrs. Dash, which is a salt-free seasoning, but I love herbs like oregano and basil, Italian seasonings, uh, garlic, in a jar. I mean, I love those kinds of things that are simple and easy to use. I mean, you know this, but you know the garlic is super healthy for you? It is. It's, it's really it's, it, Oh, it uh, my breath is awesome after garlic. It's great. But you know that <laughs> but I bet you didn't know that garlic makes you sleep really good. You know what? I know that because I've heard you speak before. It does. It makes you sleep alone, but it makes you sleep good. <laughs> I fell for that one. You okay. did. Thank you. So the oils <laughs> I love to use would be, I love olive oil. 
because it's got that great rich Mediterranean flavor. And I don't use vegetable oil. I use canola oil and I'll use it as a mixture, mostly fats that are monounsaturated. I love avocado oil, but oil is pure fat, 123 calories per tablespoon. So easy does it. I like to cook in nonstick pans so I can use less oil. But if you're going to use oil, use the healthiest kind. Now, do I eat butter? I absolutely do. I mean, it's like you used to say, Steve, and you said it many times in the conferences, you are not how much you eat. You know, you are not what you eat. You are how much you eat. Yeah, that that is so true. And um, I did I did steal that phrase from a very close colleague who was a dietitian in uh, North Carolina. And it's, it's really true. Uh, yeah. Now, Chef... Um, you know, I, what about olive oil? Uh, you know, and one thing I never could understand, and this is such a goofy question. What does extra virgin olive oil mean? It's a great question actually. And it's confusing, but the extra virgin oil is the very first pressing of the olive oil. So it's the richest, most flavorful, and typically the most expensive. And then the more they press, 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 the quality diminishes. So extra virgin oil is great for salad dressing. It's drizzling, light sautéing, um, and re regular olive oil is good for just about re regular cooking and whatever. But you, you've probably seen light olive oil on the supermarket. Well, there's nothing light about the olive oil. It's not light in calories. It's light in color and flavor. So it's a super mild olive oil. Now, a lot of our listeners uh, really come from around the world now. We got people with type 1, type 2, mm -hmm. uh, significant others interested in their partners. And, um, you know, type 1s, we're always watching our carbs. But type 2s uh, are, you know, I would say more focused in on their weight. But it to me, they're the same. Carbohydrates are high in calories. Uh, and Give us some uh, of your thoughts. And do you watch your carbs? Do you count carbs? Because I know I can't count carbs. Steve, I can't count carbs. Carbs, It's just too complicated. But I do watch my carbs. And what I try to do is combine carbs and protein, right? So I'm gonna if I'm going to have some tree barky whole wheat bread for breakfast, I'm going to smear a little peanut butter on there. So I have some protein and a carbohydrate, like a rice cake. I'll smear some peanut butter. So I have the protein and a carbohydrate. And so that, that, that slows down the absorption of, carbo of carbohydrates? It does. It does. And, you know, a lot of type 2 diabetics that I work with are so focused on the sugar, but they don't really realize that carbohydrates mm -hmm. convert to glucose in your body like sugar. So like a baked potato is like a bag of candy because it's fast, you know, fast um, absorbing in your body, spiking your blood sugar. So again, I'm not saying don't ever have a baked potato ever again, but you don't need one that's the size of a football. You know, you're right. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, um, you know, any type of carbohydrate is sugar. Like, like people right. will say, I love fruit. And right. you know, fruit is pure carbohydrates that could really right. not only wreck your blood sugar, but uh, also cause weight gain. And um, well, what kind, of, um, what kind of other tricks do you suggest to patients when you say to reduce the carbs in your diet? Do, do you believe in cauliflower rice? Things like that. I like cauliflower rice, but I think the number one thing to do is look at the nutritionals on the products that you're buying and get a sense of how to read the nutritional labels, which is always a great idea. I always say, if you are 
um, pre-diabetic or a type two diabetic, learning about food, find yourself a certified registered dietitian because one size does not fit all. Right. And so Mm -hmm. you may, you know, you may like something. Well, a dietitian can really help you guide and direct you to that. But for me, I'll look at the, the nutritionals, look at the carbohydrates and try to eat foods that are 20 grams or less as a general rule. But I think, you know, this as well as I do. I think the ADA says 40 to 60 grams of carbs per meal. Um, But again, I'm going to try to eat foods that are not, digesting super fast like a pancake always right now that doesn't mean i'm never not going to have a pancake ever again you know you're you're so right about that um certain carbs are uh, get absorbed much more quickly like cold cereal right Um, and we i always bring up this that the fact that i love tricks and i look at the you look at the nutritionals you look at the food label and it's the same as kashi's heart to heart warm cinnamon oat cereal right and um, and people don't realize that the processed carbohydrates just get broken down quickly and raise your blood sugar quickly. So right. I'd say stick to Trix. If, if now, my, let's just my be honest, suggestion. I mean, I agree. Trix is the best cereal ever invented. But sometimes <laughs> it's like a giant sugar bomb for me. That and oatmeal, those kinds of things. So sometimes I'll buy, I can't remember the name brand, but it's like a milk that's super high in protein like 20, 30% higher in protein. Yeah. So when I'm adding protein to that simple carb like tricks, it does help quiet things down a little bit. And it still turns pink after the tricks have been it in does. there. And then I usually add more tricks because I got can't just drink the milk straight up. So I end no. up eating like two and a half portions of tricks. Uh, okay, let's get on to some other Steve, stuff. Steve, you're like a brother from another mother. I mean, it's just like <laughs> we have so much in common. Okay. Now, uh, Chef, uh, let's talk a little bit about desserts. I have a sweet tooth. I'll deny it to the end of the earth, but since I'm being honest here, I do like desserts. And uh, sometimes I just can't control myself. And there's got to be some suggestions. And I've seen you talk about desserts that don't wreck your blood sugar or wreck your weight. Yeah. Steve, I think the best advice I can give you when it comes to desserts is really manage your portion control and have a plan. I mean, I know a lot of people will tell me, oh, I love this dessert. It's got, it's sugar-free, it's this and that, and have all these weird sweeteners in there that make your stomach do somersaults. I'm not a big advocate necessarily of too much sugar-free, um, but I'm going to say manage your portion. And when it comes to eating, Steve, especially desserts, have a plan. Go into the meal thinking about what you're eating and what effect it has on you, and then save room for dessert, but a manageable portion. Have a plan. I think about desserts all day long, so that's good. I'm thinking about it early. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would just say this, Chef. Um, I'll, I'll give you a suggestion what I do um, occasionally. I'll make sugar-free Jello and I'll put a bunch of whipped cream on it, mm-hmm. even um, uh, Cool Whip, and they yeah. even have Cool Whip Light, and that stuff yeah. tastes pretty good for me. Um, it does. And, and if you look at ice cream, I like ice cream, but you can look Hagen Dazs. 380 calories for two thirds of a cup compared to like some other ice cream that might be only 180 calories, like vanilla, straight up vanilla. So I think there are ways you can reduce the calories or how about fresh fruit like uh, blueberries or raspberries and then empty the whipped cream container and don't forget to put it in your mouth at the end to get a little extra which really of course this is off my girlfriend i put my saliva on that little spigot (laughs) 
Well, the beautiful thing about whipped cream, and if you look at the nutritionals on the back of whipped cream, it's like almost zero everything. Exactly. So go after it. And I do love sugar-free Jello. We usually keep a bowl in the refrigerator. Yeah, it's yeah. filling, and uh, you know, it's not like pecan pie. Right. Were you going to add something else, Chef? No, no. Okay, I saw you raise your 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 finger up. Well, I think that um, the single best suggestion is what you said already. Um, don't go buy sugar free stuff that tastes like crap. Right. Um, you know, eat the foods you like in moderation. And right. um, I love pecan pie, and I try to just go for a little sliver of it. Uh, and then so, I, it takes me ten minutes to get to the other half of the sliver. <laughs> but, right. And there's always insulin, and which reminds me. Uh, after you finish what you're saying, I wanted to ask you what you're on for your diabetes. Sure. I mean, everything in moderation is definitely the key, but, you know, I love pecan pie. I love apple pie with melted cheddar cheese over it. I'm not going to oh. deny myself the things I love, but I'm going to really work hard to manage that portion. For me, managing portion control is one of the keys, one of the legs of my stool that keep me standing straight. Well, I should say uh, real quickly that the American Diabetes Association, as as conservative organization as they are, they say right now people with diabetes can eat anything they want as long as they can control their blood sugar. So mm -hmm. I'd say for those of you on fast-acting insulin, uh, uh, even a Frezza, that gives us the opportunity to have a dessert here and there and not have our blood sugars go through the roof. And there's also walking around the block. And besides portion control. That's part of great, the plan. Yeah. So living in Iowa, is it ever nice enough to go outside? Oh, my gosh. I just went on a 20-mile bike ride. Look, I got my yellow shirt on. I made sure I didn't get hit by a car. It's beautiful here during the summer and spring and fall. Um, it's just in the wintertime. It's like total crap. Well, what what are you on for your diabetes? And has your therapy changed over time? Like used to be orals and now you're on insulin. I, I'm sorry, I forgot what you're on. We had It's okay. Um, yeah, it has changed over time. And it took me a little bit to get used to, to, the, to the change and not making myself feel like I'm a failure for now having fast acting insulin. Because I think that's, you know, that's a common a common thought, but I know my pancreas isn't pancreating like it used to, and <laughs> it's just different. So I use um, fast-acting insulin, mealtime yep. insulin. Uh, I take Jardians and Metformin. Now, I've taken Metformin since 1998. Right. Um, I, I don't have green hair. I haven't grown a tail. Uh, it's been a great drug for me um, and been safe and secure. So, yeah. Well, are you so, on, I mean, that's, are, are you on that's, basal insulin? Are you on the uh, long acting like Lantis or? No, no, just fast acting uh, mealtime insulin. And how much do you take? That's a great question. I would say on an average day, and of course, I only take it when I'm eating, right? So um, I try to measure the carbs, but I probably take, I don't know, I, I could guess anywhere from 10 to 20 units a day, maybe. Yeah. Well, just depending. You know, your your regimen is is not unusual but it's a little different in the fact that most people take basil and then they take fast acting when they eat and you wear a cgm i know that and I that that helps guide your insulin dose uh and it probably helps guide portion control because you can sort of see what certain foods do to your blood sugar my cgm steve has made such a difference in my life uh 
because it's like my own little personal laboratory and I can swipe and go and see where I am. Just like through this bike ride, we did 20 miles just before this podcast. And I mean, I was swiping two or three times because I want to see what effect the exercise is having with the whole wheat toast that I had for breakfast. And all that creates data for me to better understand how to use my plan to take my mealtime insulin. So I don't have highs and don't have huge lows. Yeah. Now, um, you mentioned swiping. So I take it you're on the Libre 2, correct? I'm on the Libre 2 for now, uh, but apparently Medicare has just approved the Libre 3. Right. So you won't have to swipe anymore. That's right. So I think my next um, my next uh, delivery of supplies will have the 3. Yeah, because I can just see you swiping, riding your bike uh, on, the, on the freeway in Des Moines, Iowa in the wintertime. <laughs> okay. Well, Chef, as we get close to the end, because there's so much to talk about, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I want you to mention uh, two things, uh, uh, maybe the books that you've written okay. and your podcast and how people can get access to those books or at least take a look at them. Absolutely. So I've written two best-selling cookbooks that my mother says are the best cookbooks ever written. Uh, <laughs> they're available at my website, and everything about me can be found at my website, happydiabetic.com. So my podcast is called The Happy Diabetic Kitchen, where we talk food and diabetes health. And Steve, you've been a guest on the show before. Um and it's just a fun time to kind of talk about creative ways to eat. And there's usually a recipe in the podcast. There might be a fun interview, uh, some really bad jokes. But it's just a time for <laughs> for sure. People living with diabetes. <laughs> well, I learned them from you, Steve. So it's just a time <laughs> when people living with type 2 diabetes can share their experiences in the podcast. And for me to talk about myself. I mean, listen, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a certified registered dietitian. Although I have three kids, Attila, Dracula, and Frankenstein, that makes me a psychiatrist of <laughs> okay. sorts. Are you listeners? This is some of the bad jokes. Now you're not a, you're not a type one. I always wanted to ask you that. And I'm probably would should have asked you earlier, but kind of a good way to maybe finish. Yeah. I think early on, I was super guilty about it, not knowing much about the disease and, um, yeah, I thought, well, I ate myself into this, and which we know doesn't necessarily happen. Um, but I think I had some really good people come beside me to help me understand about this disease, because um, there's a lot to learn. Certainly, I have to be honest with you, uh, doing the conferences at TCOID events all over the country, I loved, I was like a sponge, loved to hear all the information. And I learned so much. And I think if you're a person living with type 2 diabetes uh, or type 1 diabetes or pre-diabetic, you need to find a good source of information that's true and accurate, opposed to looking at wild and wacky websites with with herbal substances that claim that they can help you stay away from all of that. But I love the TCOID.org website. It's a great source of information. Well, well, thank you, chef. And I do have some of my own uh, recipes on there as well, but I think the message for the folks out there with type two, that it's very hereditary um, and uh, no one eats themselves into getting diabetes right. and, uh, and it's, it's a tough condition to control because you've yeah. got and blood pressure, cholesterol, mm -hmm glucose and weight it all part of the metabolic syndrome so my my hats off to all of you living with type 2 successfully yeah and your friends and family they don't understand that too well if you're newly diagnosed they think it was that cheeseburger that did it and they 
And they look at you like, you know, our friend Bill Polanski would say the diabetic police. Yeah. You know, they love to kind of point their finger. You shouldn't eat a cheeseburger. Thanks for my, thanks for your opinion. Would you pass the coleslaw, please? <laughs> Chef, it's been great talking to you. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. And yeah. thank you for sparing a little bit of your time. Um, Steve, it's an honor to be here. I, I love the work that you do and so thankful for what you do in the diabetic community. And it's helped me live my best happy diabetic life for sure. All right, chef, you enjoy your vacation. I you're taking that soon. All right, Steve, take care, buddy. Okay. Bye.